This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia, and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. Hi, this is Chris Saxman back on the VIP podcast brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I am the executive director. Joining me today, Delegate Mike Mullen and Delegate, Delegate Ann Farrell Tata. Thanks for joining us. Thank you Thank for, having you us. for having us. Give me a 30 second introduction to Delegate Mike Mullen. Well, you know, um, I'm the delegate down from uh, Newport News and Williamsburg down on the Virginia Peninsula. Um, you know, I've been a delegate now for about six and a half years, um, and it's been an extraordinary honor. Um, in my real life, I work as a attorney and a former criminal prosecutor, and so, so much of the work that we've been doing up here in Richmond has been working together with um, what I do in my private life, which is um, criminal justice reform. So that's what's been really animating me while I've been in the General Assembly, and, you know, back at home, uh, father of three boys. Okay. Uh, what are the ages? Oh, uh, 11, 9, and 7. Wow. Just had I just got really tired. I mean, <laughs> like almost exhausted <laughs> hearing those numbers. Well, you know what? It's been a real blessing if for nothing else, but we only have to buy one set of clothes and then just sort of move them down the line. Okay. So, um, it, but it's a wonderful experience being down in Williamsburg. That's great. Great stuff. Ann Farrell, Delegate Tata. <clears throat> Thank you. Yes. I, I got that right. Yes, you did. Thank you, and I appreciate it. I have been a delegate for about six weeks, and um, I'm also in Virginia Beach, and I actually took Jason Meara's place in okay. the House of Delegates, and I'm a wife, a mom, a grandmother, and I work in Christian media on my real job, and um, I'm thoroughly enjoying being here. Really felt called to come and serve, and that's what I've been trying to do. Let's, let's talk about that calling, and, and, and Mike, I'm going to throw it over to you as well to ask that big why question. Why are you doing this? You're a grandmother. You're, you're, you have a happy life. You, yes. What was the call? Yes, and, we, and actually at the time I got the call, we had just become empty nesters. So we had really planned out we were going to start traveling. Michelle, and do not listen to this woman. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're empty nesting. We had no time to plans. run the legislature. Exactly. I think we have an open seat, though. Oh, Lord. She'd win. Go ahead. Well, the funny thing is when they called, I knew they wanted my name because my father-in-law served for 30 years, and he really was beloved by Republican and Democrat. Coach Absolutely. They, and he was, he was just a good guy, and he, he really was a good guy. Right. So I knew they wanted my name, and they really wanted my husband, but he's a partner in a law firm, so he couldn't do it, so they deferred to me. And my first thought was absolutely not. I had no interest. So I you were recruited. You were yes. asked to run. Yes. Okay. And I, I had worked behind the scenes. My husband and I had given plenty of you know, fundraisers and meet and greets, hosted a lot of things, but never had any interest in running. And I said- At all? No. Never saw yourself? Ne never. Never. Never in a clear million Clear as a nothing. Clear as a bell. That was one thing that was very clear. Okay. That's why I got- You never said, you know, I could do that one no. day. No. All those events, being so close to Coach Tata, all no. those years, you know, I can do that. You never, I, I you have, never had that moment. I have had that thought when I'm watching the Olympics. I watch the Olympics and I think, I could do that sport. I could do that. But okay, well, with the politics, if, no. As, as <laughs> a, maybe as a young athlete growing up, because I could have done that, but now you say you could do that? No, even now, even now there's something in my brain that says, I can do that. I can still do that. Curling, I mean, I, I'm Oh, well, curling, okay. Archery. Archery, yeah, yeah exactly. So curling, anyway. I think, will just devolve into a drinking sport. <laughs> I mean, even if you're at the, at the Olympic level, you'd have to go, seriously, guys, just bring me a beer. 
it seems uh, to go well with the Canadian background for it. So you know, is isn't there a big training center here in Richmond for curling? There is. I think there I is. Heard that. This this should be like the new bipartisan caucus. <laughs> we should have like a curling caucus. I'll tell you what, if you want to go curling, let's I go. Will be let's do it. In for it, absolutely. Right? You heard it here first, folks. First, you heard it here on the VIP podcast. We just started the curling caucus, brought to you by Mike Mullen and Ann Farrell Tatum. There you go. There you okay. Go. See? Pick up your teams. Right. So anyway, I drinking I, score I wouldn't did. happen. It's gonna exactly. be bad. It's gonna be really bad. But we could raise money off of it for some. We can exactly. see how many people. We can get a lot of people interested. Oh, absolutely. See, there's a lot of bipartisan yeah. stuff. See, we, see, we, we just did it for we, BCU, I, so I we mean, can do it now for curling as well. You know? Why not? I think it's a great idea. Spirit, kids, get in. <laughs> so, so what else do you think you can do in the Olympic sports, Ann Farrell Tate? Uh, well, well, no matter what the sport is, I just, I don't know, there's just something that I would think that I could do. Okay. Politics was not, I never had that thought when I was. Let's, let's not leave the, 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 the Olympics just yet, because I got oh, okay. to drill down on this one. What won't you do in the Olympics? Well, there are, there's a lot that I wouldn't do. Basketball. Okay. I'm only 5'4". Oh. <laughs> so, but field hockey. Okay. You know, maybe. And uh, definitely archery. Field hockey's intense. It you know? is intense. When I, I played football in high school, and we had to go and watch all of the uh, other teams as well. And field hockey was the most violent sport. It, it's I very. I never go yeah. in a field with a bunch of young girls with sticks in their hand. And your no pads. I mean, just oh, a little yeah. shin pad, and yeah, that's it. No way in hell. Three of my violent. four children are girls, and they all played field hockey. Oh, okay. They would come so you're in with bruises oh, all yeah. over. Oh, my Lord. They do have little shin guards, but. Well, how about, how about these? How about luge and skeleton? Do you think you could do the luge that, and the skeleton? No, I don't think I could do that. Okay. Although, I, all right, Mike, what, what about you on the so, Olympic sports? So, you know, um, as somebody who grew up on a lot of very famous Disney movies, I always uh, <laughs> think about <laughs> um, Jamaica has a bobsled team. Yes, cool running. Yeah, so that's always the thing that I. One of your about. colleagues came in and said that was his favorite movie. I want to say it was Ren Williams. Really? Yeah, th this is why I ask these questions, because this is how you connect with people. And <laughs> you get you get away from the, the partisan stuff. Oh, of we course. talked about this before we went on mm -hmm. air. Um, I think it was I think it was I think it was Ren Williams. I'll have to go back and check my Well notes. that was a great movie. Oh, just one of the best. Yeah. Absolutely. Makes you believe, you know, the under underdog. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves so, an underdog story. So what so what other ones? You you said the the bobsled? Uh, you know, I I still um, I played baseball in middle school, and okay. I always wanted to be able to play it in high school, and I just wasn't good enough. And so moved over to football, but just the idea of being able to uh, go up and play baseball, even if it's just like triple-A ball, just for a second, you know, single-A, whatever it happens yeah. to be, I just want to be able to, you know, pull a Michael Jordan and try and uh, do a different sport just for once. Well, that was extraordinary when Jordan left to go played baseball for the White Sox in the middle of his career. Uh, amazing. But and no. almost made it. He would have. He would have. Yeah, honestly. He would have. I, mean, I think his coach was uh, Terry Francona. And they, right. and they said uh, he, he could have gone, but I, he went back to the NBA. Well, you know what? I mean, one of the most extraordinary athletes. And by the way, you should definitely watch the HBO documentary as well. Just oh, the 10-part series? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, really great. I've heard it's good. I've, I've seen some of it, mm -hmm. but not all of it. Highly recommend it. Let's, uh, let's, let's dive into the General Assembly session. Uh, we're after crossover. You can probably get some sleep, although guys on Courts of Justice, they call it Judiciary in the House now? Uh, yeah. Okay, so Judiciary Committee, we used to be Courts of Justice for those playing at home on the board version. Uh, are you getting any sleep now? Are you getting out earlier? You know, um, one of the nice things about um, divided government is that sort of the more extreme things don't come through, and so by crossover, we're actually sort of in a good place, I think. I you know, agree. the budget is in 
a positive place. You know, I think we're going to be doing great work with judges, and I, I've been very happy with the way that this session has gone. Not to put words in, but um, my take on the session is that has been very mechanical, clinical. The, the mill is running. And, and there's been some, you know, some grenades lobbed back and forth, but not nearly as brutal as I thought it would be with so close of a majority in both chambers. Have you experienced that too? Am I off base? No, not at all. So what I would uh, usually say is that, you know, maybe three or four percent of what we do is, is particularly partisan. Right. That's what you see on Twitter. That's what you see in the RTD. That's what you see in the newspapers back home. But, you know, separating that aside, most of the work of the General Assembly doesn't fall on partisan lines, you know, and um, the divisions that you sometimes see most often are rural, suburban, and urban. And so those are not necessarily partisan. Um, and once you sort of take that part away, it, the General Assembly works quite well, I think. You know, this session has been great mechanically, as you said, you know, committees are operating but on But I mean, not, not in a boring, dull sense. It's just, it's, it's just doing what it's supposed to do. The process is running. That's the genius of the Virginia system, which Isn't is it? that you know, we don't have professional politicians. We have people who come in from their own background and experience, whether that's in Virginia Beach, whether that's in Roanoke, wherever it happens to be. You have people who bring in their own personal background and expertise. You know, right. I, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know anything about dairy farming. I probably never will. Um, but um, when a bill uh, regarding dairy farming comes up, I'm going to walk down the hall and I'm going to talk to Delegate Webert from Fauquier. Right. And, you know, um, he's not an attorney. Uh, so when he has some questions about nonpartisan legal things, he comes down and speaks to me. You know, that's the relationship building that we have because everyone has a background in something different, whether right. it's real estate or farming, whatever it might be. Delegate Tata, now you've had a lot of background in politics, close proximity to it, probably very familiar with the flow, the life around it, being a family member and now coming into serving. What are your impressions of the, the General Assembly actually having to do it on the floor and in, in committees? Well, I've been very, very just overwhelmed with just the excitement and the energy, and I really feel like every day is exhilarating. That's how I've described it. And for me, I'm naturally a very curious person, and who knew that I would be fascinated with the tow truck industry? You know, we have all these things that- I wouldn't have known they, that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> I never would have known that. Or windshields, the differences between windshields, you know, just getting your windshield repaired. That's, there are so many things I'm to consider. I'm guessing you're on transportation? I am on transportation. Okay. <laughs> and who knew, the, but you know, it's like you, were, you become an, a little expert in everything because you, I came in not knowing a lot about the different industries like uh, right. Mike was saying, but then you just learn and I find it totally en engaging and fascinating and, and exhilarating is the way I've said it. And I have really, really enjoyed getting to know my Democrat colleagues too. Cause that, and that was sort of my, a goal that I had in the beginning was just to make relationships, and I've really, really felt like I've made so many great relationships already on both sides of the aisle. What's the one thing, thing you would change in the General Assembly or the House of Delegates? The one thing I would change? More money. 
Because <laughs> there are a lot of things that I, you know, the pay, the pay, the pay is stupid. Not, not for me. The not, pay is, the pay is about, stupid. It's no, like, no, it's no, not, but not no, for I that, will. I'll say it. I'll look right in the camera. Pay them more. No, you're, you're not even making this. minimum wage. Nobody does this for the money, right? No. You but, can't do no, it for the money. Listen to me, people. You need to pay them more. <laughs> they make seventeen six before taxes. Before taxes. But there's so much we could do. I mean, I had to vote against a bill this morning that we didn't have the money for, and it is. Oh, that money. Yeah, that money. Well, that money. I'm talking about paying. How, we need more money with less taxes. I had, I had four right. kids. I, you know. I, listen, we have three right now, so yeah, I understand you know, completely. Yeah, the healthcare is great, but mm, not, not the same. Not yeah. the same, right? Right. I lose about twelve thousand dollars a year working this job. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, I know. It's, I had to take a leave. This, this is true public service. Yes. Well, you know, that's one of those things that uh, attorneys have. You know, real estate agents, other people. You know, you sort of eat what you kill, and so um, if you're not out there working and hustling. Um, you're not making any money and bringing it back, so it, that's part of the sort of public. And, are, and Mike, are you in a firm, Delegate Mullen? I am. Yeah. Okay. And uh, a wonderful firm with great attorneys who have been willing to be able to uh, help while I'm here. But you know, I mean, that is that's a sacrifice, and um, it's one I'm proud to make, and I know that you are too. Um, but I think that's why the Virginia system is so great, is because you have people who really want to be there. They're not doing it for the money. They're not right. doing it for. Um, the glory. They're there because they want to be able to help people. And I think, uh, you know, your father-in-law for 30 years did that. You know, he was, he was a public school teacher and football coach. Um, so many of the people are from various places around the, the Commonwealth and, you know, for them to do that at the, at, I mean, this is, this is tough work after a while. This is not part-time. It's full-time work. It's part-time pay. It's not even part-time pay. It's below part-time pay. But to do it, to continue to do it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, a testament to having done it, I know it and respect it. I respect anyone who goes through this process and continues to come back. Uh, I guess the question I would, I would uh, throw to you, Mike, is what would you change? You know, um, well, one of the things that I would probably change is the, the late night sessions, particularly on Fridays. You know, um, I, I, I think we probably could benefit from an extra week or two. Um, just sort of expand the General Assembly session, particularly prior to crossover, because mm. the sheer volume of bills, you know, I think it was 2,700 this okay. year um, that came through the General Assembly, and, um, you know, that's the same as Congress, but they have a full year to do it, and we try to do it in 90 days. Um, um, and so we, I think we need more time, particularly on uh, courts of justice or committees like Labor and Commerce, where you know, a fully a third of all the bills are coming through those two committees. Right. You know, it, it's a lot of work. The pace is uh, unbelievable. I mean, but I'm really impressed at how much we can get done. Mm -hmm. All right. Looking for a little bit deeper on that one, a little bit more spice. I mean, what would you? What else would you change? <laughs> what else? <laughs> Come would on. I change? All right. Uh, you know, um, I'm going to drill on this one. <laughs> so. The collegiality here is so wonderful, but it, it doesn't show up on cameras. No one talks about that. It yeah. doesn't Everyone show. comes in here and says, yeah, we get along great. Well, so I'll give you an example. I mean, it was the same way when I was here. Oh, we got along great. Go home. You read the papers. They're like, all y'all do is talk about abortion. I'm like, we never talk about abortion. So, you know, so I'm, I'm blessed to be over in the coffin corner, way off in uh, the left-hand side. We're we a little, see you. We I know, see you. And we're a little rowdier, <laughs> a little bit um, uh, crazier. And, and we try to have as much fun as possible. You know, we I've, uh, got little flags up, uh, wave the white flag when uh, somebody's been talking too long, as we were discussing earlier. So I, I wish people got to be able to see 
that we do really like and care about each other, that we spend time with each other. Where's we, the breakdown then? Where's, why does it break down and why do we facilitate the breakdown and not go, look, it's time to call balls and strikes on our own side? Because both teams do it. Oh, yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. You know, we both have our bad actors, our silly actors, our people we would prefer to go, we could really use this one not showing back up. I think it's because people are always focused on the next election. And, you know, um, so there are benefits and, and drawbacks to that. You know, nature of the beast. You know, the General Assembly uh, on the House side is as close as you could possibly be to the feelings and sort of the, the movements of the population as a whole. So because we have to essentially be always running, you know, I've run five races um, since 2016. And uh, yeah, a little much. Um, and, so you're and not it, looking forward to one in 22? I, you know, I'm always looking forward to another race. Because no, you're I like, not. You don't want to run in 22. <laughs> well, Nobody wants to run in 22. I, you know, um, that would definitely change a lot of personal plans, I can tell you that. But yeah. um, I what like I'm being referring able to, to, ladies and gentlemen, is a potential court ruling that would make these incumbents run in the brand new districts. When will we know about that? So, you know, the, the ongoing lawsuit, the next hearing is going to be later this month. I, I, I have to be honest with you. I... I don't know for sure, I have no special information, but I just have a feeling that the court's gonna end up running out the clock on this. Okay. And that by the time that a ruling ends up coming out, that um, it'd almost be moot. Okay. So um, I think there's a very strong possibility we might have to run this year, but I just what do you don't think it's gonna happen. I think of, it's of running again? Uh, of this year? Of having election this year? Uh, maybe a third, you know. Okay, it's so not even not even 50%. I don't think it is at okay. this point because, you know, you can see how the court keeps delaying motions. Yeah. And, okay. you know, I mean, they were supposed to have a hearing in December. And it's been pushed off now a couple of months. And so I, I just don't see that. Is this, is this a conversation in the caucuses? Um, not, not really not at this point. Caucus, yeah. yeah, and on our side, mostly we're focused on legislation yeah. and the bills of the day. Um, I'm sure uh, come you know March 13th, all of a sudden everything shifts, right. and we'll start talking about things again. But um, not really at the yeah. Same with us. Yeah, uh, our caucus is, doesn't really do the um, election stuff during session. Okay. And I don't think yours. No, yeah. no, we really don't. Yeah. You know, because you've been here, so you know, but, you know, some of these uh, speeches during the points of privilege, and I, and th when I first started, which, you know, six weeks ago, I was horrified. I was like, oh, my gosh, are they really saying that out loud? And it kind of went back and forth. And then you go into the member lounge, and everyone's like, hey, how was your weekend? Everyone was so nice. And the other thing that I really loved Even is, to the same people who were oh, yeah, just oh, dropping yeah. the bombs oh, on yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Because, and I think it is, you know, some of it is for theater, but... Uh, what I also really appreciate, again, being new, is watching, you know, during the, when some things are going on, you have time to talk, how th everyone goes to the other side to talk about either their bills or, or whatever. They have these discussions. You know, you're, you guys come over to our side, we come over to your side, and there's really great discussion, and, and they're trying to work things out. Absolutely. Well, I think your senator, is Mason your senator, Monty? You know what? The nice thing about uh, having Monty as my senator is that we look alike. <laughs> sometimes we talk like we share offices and so um, sometimes he'll go to an event and then I get the thanks afterwards people come up and say man you were such a great speaker at the Kiwanis this weekend I'm like it was Monty but you know that's all right this person there. I, you know, that's not wrong. yeah so um, yeah so Monty has been well, one of the something. things he mentioned wasn't to, to your point delegate Tata was the fact that because the uh, the majorities are so thin in both chambers that everyone has to work in these 
continually loose coalitions to get their bills through. Yeah. Absolutely. And so yeah. it has really dialed the temperature down when uh, the, my natural inclination to think about the session was going to be a bunch of bomb throwing after an election with a change of administration at the, at the executive branch and everybody be like, oh, keep, keep the fire on. What it has turned out to be is that they're trying to get work done. You know, that's definitely been the case in the House. I, I've been surprised. You know, the Senate's usually the cooler body, you mm -hmm. know, um, a little less rowdy, a little bit more mature. Um, Older. Slower. Safe. Uh, Heavier. <laughs> well, I would just Don't say that. Don't let put words in your mouth. I, I would just say that Monty is the, is the. Uh, we all know. <laughs> Monty is the young guy playing basketball for uh, their team this year. So <laughs> he's the freshman. He's the young guy on he's the, the team. He's the spry one. That's it, right. So. Um, you know, the Senate, though, has had a little bit more of that sort of fight to it this year in a way that I think is a little bit more unusual. Usually that's what I would expect out of us. But the collegiality that we're seeing in the House this year, I think. Where, where do you think that comes from in the Senate? That's an interesting observation because yeah. I, I try to watch the, the floor sessions. I mean, I can only be but so much of an election nerd and just go, guys, really, I just can't do this every day, um, as I'm sure you would turn it off, too. But I don't I see some, but not a lot. But that's interesting that a House member would say it's more over in the other side of the chamber when I would have expected it not to be. I think part of it is um, a shift in how the Senate's starting to communicate. You're starting to see for the first time that uh, Republican and Democratic members in the Senate are really embracing social media mm. um, in a way that you know the House has been doing you know, for a decade plus and really interacting with their constituents. So you're disturbed by the fact that the Senate used the Internet now? <laughs> <laughs> they well, still do paper cards, too. Yes, they do. Well, I, I would just say that with the ARPA funds that we finally are able to get uh, broadband access to everybody. Do the Senate yeah. now has <laughs> broadband? Yes, and thank goodness for it because it was the last place. In if they discovered Google, I think it's going to be a, you know, a game changer over there. But I, I, I do. So you're not taking any of this bait. It's disturbing. Uh, well, I'm sorry. You should you run with this. I, you know, we've I, been doing well. <laughs> I'm very proud of us. Yeah. One He's team. mild man. Yeah. There you go. What's there that? you go. One team, one goal. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you know, there's a wonderful line in the West Wing that talks about. Um, I think Jeb Bartlett, the, you know, the idealized Democratic president that's never actually existed. But uh, um, you know, uh, that guy uh, could never get elected. Oh no! But I wish he would. Um, and, um, you know, there's a wonderful line in there that says, you know, uh, the other side is the opposition. The enemy is the Senate. Yeah. The to take off on uh, <coughs> Lyndon Johnson. Really? Yeah. I did not know that yeah. was a... Speaker Rayburn. I think it was Speaker Rayburn. Oh, wow. Called, Named the building after him. Right. Yeah. Called Lyndon Johnson to his office because in his freshman year, Lyndon Johnson went on a tirade on the House floor, ripping Republicans. And uh, said, Lyndon, we don't, we don't do that here. So, Mr. Speaker, they're the Republicans. He goes, yes, Lyndon, the Republicans are the adversary. The Senate is the enemy. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so that is, I love that. It's, that's, a, that's an old story from, uh, from Lyndon Johnson days. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then, of course, he went over to be the enemy. Yes, of course. Yeah. One of the most famous of all time. Exactly right. By the way, I'm glad you are getting him on camera now with his mustache because his mustache may be gone in a few days. It's becoming famous. Yeah. I hear the... Have you heard about pictures are being posted all over the General Assembly building? All what, over the building. What's uh, what's been? The, what was the uh, the move to the mustache, the stash? Well, so, you know, is a Ted Lasso moment for you? You know what? That is the best show streaming right now. <laughs> I would recommend. I saw Ted the first Lasso. season eleven times. Oh my lord! Wait, wait, wait. Okay, hold on. Remember, I'm new. So the mustache is new. 
Oh yeah. Oh, no, I, I started know. growing this in November uh, oh. for uh, fundraising for Movember. See, I only, okay. I've and only known him with the mustache. Okay. Okay, but now okay. No, so I've, I've been fresh-faced most of my uh, oh, life, okay. but um, grew it for Movember, and then my wife said, you know, I kind of like it. And right. so kept it on for yeah, a little like while. He came in with the hat, you know, he yeah. got that English kind of vibe yeah. to it. Yeah, he's got yeah, the Irish, but you know, same thing. And, um, and so those were fighting uh, words. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we still, we, have know. we still have family who uh, live on the family farm in uh, County Leitrim. Oh, oh wow. uh, yeah. So not that far from um, the family back in Ireland, but um, once uh, Rebecca really loved the mustache, I was like, oh, I'll keep it for a little while. And then we found out that we weren't raising enough money this year for Massey Cancer Treatment Center, okay. which is one of the best uh, cancer research centers in the country, right. bar none. Um, and you know, last two years ago when we last did the fundraiser, did the basketball uh, tournament between the House and the Senate that we do every year, we raised about $10,500 on, on the House side. And I was talking with one of my close friends, Delegate Coiner, yeah. um, who was telling me that we'd only raised maybe half of that. And so I was like, well, you know what? I know a way to be able to motivate people. And so um, if we beat what we'd raised in prior years, um, I'll shave the mustache during halftime uh, of the tournament tomorrow. So and this is the year on the clock? This mustache oh, is on yeah. the clock? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. glad you got him no, now. Tomorrow at 7.30, when the game begins, we're going to do a final total. If we've beaten 10,500, stash is gone. If it gets to fifteen thousand dollars, Delegate Ferris will do it himself. <laughs> Shave your mustache. That's right. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm conflicted here. I'm mm. a little conflicted. I would I would not want to watch that. This, this has potential being a total runaway <laughs> tradition. Uh, you know People what? Start shaving anything to get to get the, to get the splash in social it's media. It's all for a good cause. Well, that's what it really is. Yeah. Is it's all for raising money. You know, uh, my mother is a um, now twenty seven year cancer uh, survivor of wow, breast cancer, and so that is something that motivates me on a daily basis to be able to share um, how successful her treatment was and and. Uh, so that's something that motivates me. That's why I'm involved with Massey. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, 27 years ago, it wasn't as nearly successful as it is today, and hopefully soon we'll have that uh, almost 100% successful. That's, right. that's, you know, that that's the be, goal. That would be a blessing. Delegate Tata, what bills are you working on? So I have four that are still, uh, well, three that are still alive. I have a couple that, or one that already passed. Both are, two of them are related to military. One is for a suicide prevention coordinator to help you know, veterans and their families to try to mm -hmm. deal with some of the PTSD and other things that they face. And the other is an infrastructure fund, grant fund, that's going to help all of our areas that have military installations. And what it does is it helps the surrounding area for infrastructure and um, resiliency and quality of life. So it could, the money could be used to build a child care, a daycare center. Right. So those are still alive, and then I have it. You're creating a fund to do this. Does yeah, it, there, it, there is, is a fund. Funded. Well, there is there is a fund, and there is money allocated for it. And what's really great about it, it's kind of an investment fund because they're matching federal dollars. So if, okay. the, if the localities will spend money from that fund, they can get uh, matching dollars, federal oh. dollars. So it's a great, great program. And then the one that I'm really excited about is for foster care. And that is, um, it's a, it's, there's a great program in Virginia called Fostering Futures. Mm -hmm. And so when kids age out of foster care, they can sign up for Fostering Futures and it helps them with fostering services or going to college or housing or a number of different things. However, because of a variety of reasons, some of these young people 
brokenness, you know, trauma. Sure. They just and or they just am like, I'm over. I, I want to get away from the system. They don't sign up. And what's been happening is some of these that fall through the cracks end up homeless. Mm -hmm. So my bill provides just housing for six months to allow them to kind of figure out can they get on their own? And if not, time. it has mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So and that one's how many, still how many kids age out every year? Do you know? About in Virginia, about four hundred every year. Every year. And about 60% of those do sign up for Fostering Futures, which is great. Okay. So it's only, again, it's just a, it's a safety net for those that don't. Yeah, but that's, you know, that, that handful matters. That this handful is, matters. You know, if you're helping just yeah. one person, as my wife says, you've done a good thing. Yeah. Delegate Mullen, what, uh, what have you tackled this year? You know, so much of what I'm focused on are, are uh, things related to elder abuse. And so um, one of the things that working with a, an organization called VCJC, which is um, a criminal justice collective we have here in Virginia that brings defense attorneys, prosecutors, judges, everyone together into the room to talk about what's best practice for our court system. And one of the things that we found, uh, particularly in the Virginia Peninsula where we have such a high population of retirees, particularly military retirees, um, is that people who have um, wills or powers of attorney that they give to a close family friend or, or a family member um, can find themselves being victims of financial abuse. Mm. You know, people who are in charge of someone else's money but decide to use it for their own. Um, and that's incredibly hard to find. Mm -hmm. It's even harder to prosecute. And too often there's no recourse other than uh, someone ends up in the final years of their life destitute because someone that they loved and cared about took advantage of them. And so we've set up a series of bills this year, one to uh, make sure that someone who's been convicted of stealing from someone through a power of attorney doesn't get to keep the power of attorney, um, mm. which right now is not a thing that can occur. You'd think that once you start to be uh, criminalizing that sort of relationship, right. you wouldn't have it any longer. And the second is to finally make it a, a direct crime because it's been so hard to prosecute. And that's one of those things that's so important. Yeah, these are, these, are the, these are the bills you think, that, how can you come up with 2,000 more bills every year? And the, the fact of the matter is a lot of these bills don't make it out the first year. They keep coming back and getting better and getting better and getting stronger before they can, you know, pass, right. pass muster. And well, and returning to something that you were talking about with um, Delegate Tata for a second, you know, um, the foster care system here in Virginia is at best a hot mess. Um, that bad. I mean, extraordinarily difficult Fair? for... You know, Fair. 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 Okay. Yeah. So we have bipartisan agreement here. And um, that was not something that I was aware of when I came here into the General Assembly. That's not something I had a background or expertise in. Even though you're a prosecutor. Uh, even as a prosecutor, but, you know, so often the foster care system is something that takes over once we're done. Mm. And so I don't get to see those kids after they've left the criminal system. Right. And so I, I, you know, I don't always know what happens to them. I always, you know, say a little prayer at night just to hope that they're doing all right, but I don't know. Right. When I came here to the General Assembly, found out the answer is they're not doing great. Um, and that our system as a whole puts barriers, tremendous barriers, to just allowing family members to be able to foster their own kin. You know, it was only a year and a half ago that we changed the law so that a family member can receive the foster care payments that we give to non-family members to foster children. And part of the reason for that is that we want to encourage children to stay within the family. We don't want to mm -hmm. break up, you know, families uh, in some way. But we had to change the law to do that. I had no background or expertise in that. I, I don't know if you did. No. Um, but it's 
when your your community needs something, that's where you need to sort of crack the books, right. start to learn something new. Um, yeah, those are the fine-tuning moments in every in every community in every society is when you're taking care of those who can't take care of themselves or just need help taking care of themselves. That's that that's that extra little something that people go, well, yeah, okay, but I hate them because they're for this, you know, politically, and we get right. and we get lost in the partisan mess. How do we get past this deeply divided partisan world in our nation? I mean, what what's going to be the what's going to be the the nudge? What's going to be the reality check? Because we don't need another line 11 to get us to 912 America. No, no I, I think that social media has had um, just as much of a negative effect on our body politic as it has been positive. Um, and, uh, you know, we are seeing increases um, in, you know, people who would never say something to your face or in person who are willing to say the most horrific things mm -hmm. that ratchet up you know, partisan tensions mm -hmm. um, and send people to their corners on social media. And it's not helpful, you know, I certainly expect it during campaigns, but even post-campaign you start to see that. Um, and that's just as much from elected officials as it mm -hmm. is from, um, you know, the general population. And I think right. we have a responsibility for that as well. Yeah, one of the things I've been doing on social media, and I haven't had to, needed to in a long time, I don't know if it's because of it, but I would put a GIF up that was a, a yellow card from a soccer referee. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Just, nope, we're not doing that. There you just, go. If you get a red card, you know, I will, I'll unfriend you. Yeah, you're just, out. Just have a standard. Mm -hmm. Just don't do this. Don't attack people. If you do this, call them names. We'll throw a, red, a yellow card up there. To do. What, what's it going to take, Delegate Tatum? Well, I think? I, I think of that song, um, which is not sounds it's going to sound corny, but let there be peace on earth, but let it begin with you. I mean, I feel like What's it does start. Yeah. It, Why is that it corny? starts well. Well, I mean, that it starts. That's the great with thing about the song, one, right? That's yeah. the beautiful thing. And it's true. It's like starting with just you and your circle and how you react to things. And one thing I do think that I feel like we really all of us need to be a little thicker skinned and not be so sensitive and offended all the time. I mean, people are gonna hurt your feelings. I grew up with four brothers. I mean, I was getting, you know, they said things to me all the time. My sister and I got, you know, attacked all the time verbally and, and sometimes physically, but you just, you know, you don't, you don't quit your family. You know, I don't stop loving people and, and trying to have a relationship. And I just feel like it really does start with us. It starts with what, what am I putting on my social media? Mm -hmm. Instead of looking at what everyone else is doing and, and you know, um, judging them, what am I putting out there? And, and, and then what am I doing to respond to something that comes at me? Right. How am I responding? And starting there, and then just, you know, even if somebody does attack, don't, don't engage. You know, just let it roll off your back and just, you know, don't accept the words that were just spoken over you. Just, you know, it starts with individually. And I, I feel like if more people start getting tired of all this vitriol, because it really isn't like that. I mean, what I've experienced in six weeks, I'm really encouraged. Mm -hmm. So, it just but also I think it's us. incumbent upon us and y'all, um, in particular, mm -hmm. is to tell that story more often to your, to your, to the base of your parties back home, our parties, your parties, whatever the party is, um, to say, look, this is not helping. This is really detrimental to the long-term, you know, sustainability of the of the republic. Absolutely. The only way we're going to fail is from within. Absolutely. I mean, not, no one's going to outcompete in America in the global stage, but, you know, what we see, and I, I guess it's been brought to my attention more so with this Ukraine-Russia mess, mm -hmm. um, is, you know, it, it brings to question some of the old ones that we used to answer every day, what really matters. And I used to, 
uh, facetiously lament the, the, the demise of the Cold War because we always had a common enemy, something mm. we could always agree on. Right. But now we don't seem to be able to agree on anything, at least publicly, but privately. Mm -hmm. You're still doing what the General Assembly has been doing for years is getting stuff done and, you know, being agreeable without being disagreeable for the most part. Mm -hmm. Fair? Uh, no, absolutely. And, you know, um, I wish it wasn't that there needs to be an external, you know, force to push against to be able to bring that forward. Um, but I, I will point out that part of the reason I think um, that we see a ratcheting of tension as well is because there's been a real demise of sort of traditional media. Um, mm. Newspapers, you know, local newspapers in particular are dying on a regular basis. And so it used to be that every community over, you know, 15,000 people had its own newspaper back in town. And so the most important, you know, media to each delegate or senator was what was going on back at home in Stanton. Oh, yeah. And um, that's not the case anymore. You know, there are three newspapers that send uh, reporters to the General Assembly, and that's it. And they cover the entirety of, of Richmond and the Commonwealth. And I think that's a shame because it, it ends up meaning that um, there isn't an opportunity to be able to tell stories that are a little bit more local, a little bit less partisan, um, because, you know, I mean, if it bleeds, it leads is always the phrase that you see in larger papers. And that's not the reality of most um, Yeah, because it's, it's what moves voters that gets the attention. That's because that's what we pay attention to, right? Because if, if you're, it's because you mentioned Stanton and there's leader, um, no knock on them, it's just the way this, the whole industry has evolved. You know, back in the day when I ran, people paid attention to it, read it, and it influenced them. Mm -hmm. If Bob Melton, in 2000, 2001, 2002, called you with the, the Washington Post. You were it called you and left a message. You were you were having a really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> this was a moment like I really don't know what's going on here. And Bob Melton just called me, and if I don't call him back, this is an even worse day. Absolutely. He was this that well respected as a journalist, but it was like Mike Wallace back in the day showing up at your place of business for 60 minutes, right? And they show up with a camera like, oh, what the hell's going yeah, yeah, on? Yeah. Because it moved be public opinion. Absolutely. Today, if you get attacked by the Washington Post or a, or a newspaper, you can use it for your political benefit. Sure. It's jujitsu. Oh, I get to raise money off of this. You don't go, oh, I should rethink what I'm doing here. Maybe I've done something wrong. Because your people, your people don't respond to media that's not moving people in your own party, right? And that's a true shame. And I, I think part of it is just that you see, you know, a, a few companies that own all the local newspapers or that local newspapers are just dying. Um, and when you transfer that sort of um, way that people learn about what's going on in their government to social media instead, um, that leaves uh, things uh, in a very negative place. Because the people who influence you the most and have your attention, correct me if I'm wrong, are people going to be within your party who control your nomination to get to the first level of election to get to the second level of election, right? I mean, that's first and foremost, you got to get the one before you get to two. It, you know, um, is that fair? No, I, I think as. You I'm know, trying to deconstruct this for the folks no, back home playing so, on the board. You know, I, I think as, you know, I don't want to say gerrymandering, but certainly. Um, I, the, the districts have become more strongly blue or more strongly red. There are not as many of those purple districts that you see anymore. 
um, the thing that people respond to most is pressure from their own party, usually mm -hmm. from the left or from the mm -hmm. right. And so it, it forces people back, as I was saying earlier, you know, into their corners. And um, you're responding to a very small, very loud constituency that you're interacting with mostly on social media, right. um, which is not the reality of what is happening back home in Badatat or Fauquier. Delegate Tata, where do you get your information? What's your information source? That's so funny. You were as you guys were talking, I was just thinking to watch, to really find out what's going on in, over in Ukraine right now. I, I have, at, I'm at a loss at what to find. I mean, a lot of times, I, I hate to say, I start at Twitter. Hmm. I start at Twitter just to say what, mm -hmm. what are they saying, but there's, for me right now, there is not a trusted resource. I recommend the BBC World Service. Really? They're, they're a wonderful uh, sort of, you know, I mean, they're so far outside of American poli yeah. politics that there's not really a, a way to it. And they're, they have reporters that are out there in the Ukraine. They seem to be a really wonderful resource well, as well. I'm very glad to hear that. But where do you normally get your, your media? Where, which, which, if you're, I don't, yeah, not that, well. How uh, does one inform and influence Delegate Taylor? So I do try to, you know, when it comes to the uh, newspapers, the Richmond, and I don't read the Virginian Pilot very often, but I do try to look at the Richmond paper, especially because I'm here. And then I do, I turn on Fox, I turn on um, CNN, I turn okay. on MSNBC. I just, you know, again, I'm trying to See it all. determine and, and discern what, yeah. Okay. So. Delegate Mullen? I worked as a reporter for uh, quite a while in really? college, and then okay. um, uh, so I still go towards traditional media. I'll read the uh, Pilot, the RTD, obviously the Daily Press, um, the Virginia Gazette, which is our paper in Williamsburg. Okay. Um, you know, I try to read as much as I can. Um, although I, I don't have any physical subscriptions anymore, so. You're all, you're all online? All online, all digital. Delegate Tato, you all online too? We we get the Richmond paper, the actual paper. My husband's old school, he I'm loves totally the newspaper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would have a stack every day if I could. Every <laughs> that's, day. that's my husband, so because of him, we get the actual paper. Mm -hmm. Let's do a little personal dive here. Delegate Mullen and I have a very important connection in life, but you do as well. I understand you're friends with a certain celebrity, Kathy Lee Gifford. Yes, Kathy Lee Gifford. Is, do you know her too? I uh, know. I know. <laughs> I do. Well, I just watched so her adorable. on television. Like, oh yeah, everyone else knows Kathy Lee Gifford. I know. I just watched her on. Everyone feels like they know her, right? Morning for you know my entire childhood. So I yeah, I, I have to tell you, she is exactly how she was on TV. She is the most real, hilarious, self-depreciating. I mean, she is so quick. And How'd you get to know her? Through a, another dear friend, one of my best friends, a woman named Ann Nielsen, who's an incredible painter, an okay. artist, an author. She wrote, she paints angels, like really beautiful angels. And she and Kathy connected okay. about six or seven years ago, and then she introduced me. And, and since then, the three of us have become incredibly close. That's I went great. to mm -hmm. Scotland with her. She filmed, Kathy filmed a movie over there. Oh, and, so you like, yeah. no, no, no. Her. Oh, yeah, she's like a very, very dear friend. She's she's amazing, but she's not into politics, so I would never, I'm gonna, I'm you know. Try to stump the <laughs> stump the delegate over here. You and I have in common Mike Ditka, oh, Martina okay. Navratilova, wow, Zac Efron. Okay, it's our birthday. <gasps> Another October. Give me what's some. up. Eighteenth. There you go. October eighteenth. Best day you could possibly be Ever. born for. Yeah, Aww. my goodness. You were not born like October. I was 18th. not. I was. Well, you know, no. it was a club. Yeah, I know. That's where all the cool kids I are. Very out. Out. There's, a, there's a meeting later. Dues are low. 
<laughs> Favorite movie? Um, Truly Madly Deeply, which is a British um, uh, romance film that came out in the early 90s. Okay. It is one of the most wonderful films that I could possibly recommend. Okay. I'll get no Way Out. Remember really? that? Really? Gene Hackman, Kevin Costner? Oh my oh. gosh. Okay. I, was, I, I was so stunned at the end of that movie, I couldn't even leave the theater. <gasps> I didn't see it coming. You know the end. Don't I tell. Don't, I won't. But I would, <laughs> Spoiler warning. I literally sat in my seat because I was, I was so devastated. Anyway, I, th I just thought it was really Favorite well done. Favorite TV show then. We well, won't do that. Tell, tell you the favorite TV show. Oh, gosh. Not a big TV. Um, oh, Seinfeld. Okay. I know it's strong, reruns. Strong play. You know, always go for the classics. I quote them all the time. That's even better. So the reason I became a prosecutor is because I wanted to be Jack McCoy from Law & Order. Okay. That's where I was fascinated by the courtrooms. So. How early were you uh, as a as a young tut? Were Not, you, like, I don't know, eight or nine. Or I, eight or nine. You know, really, it was, it, it was on um, TBS at like five o'clock when I you know, got home so from school. Sam Waterston. <laughs> That's right, man. He was good. He and he's coming back. Is I am, he? Yeah, this season it comes back in a week. Battling the demons and winning, hopefully. Oh, uh, I hope so. But I mean, I love that show. Favorite sports teams. Uh, well, you know, I'm now a, a Commanders fan, um, but had started out as a Redskins fan my whole life, Washington, D.C. sports. You vote for the bill? Uh, I did, actually. Yeah, okay. I did. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to bring him here to Virginia with a, with a fair compromise. Okay. UVA, any sport? Courtesy no of the coach? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> well, exactly. That's what it was, Coach yeah. Taylor. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, favorite music? Oh, um, so uh, there's some probably some embarrassing photos of me from my emo stage in, back in 2002. Um, so a lot of alternative music is where okay. I'm going to. But uh, you know, it, um, what does uh, my wife always say? I've gotten more into dad music as I'm um, getting older. So. <laughs> What's dad music? She calls Jason Isbell dad music. As a dad, I can say that's not dad music. I don't <laughs> think so either. I have more kids than you do. There, no, you, wrong. there you go. I think so too. So, Rolling Stones. That's yeah, dad music. dad music is much more. So, so Jason Isbell is probably one of the ones okay. I'm listening to the most right now. All right. Contemporary Christian. Such as? Oh, Casting Crowns. Okay. Matthew West. You have you? Yeah, the K Love uh, concert oh, yeah. thing in uh, Nashville. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah, good folks. For King and Country, mm -hmm. one of my favorites. Good people. Yeah. yeah, that's my jam. See, this is how we get to the people know each other. Absolutely, see? that's, that's how we do this. A lot of overlap. Well, I can't wait to. I'm going to talk about elder abuse with you later. See? Yeah, yeah. and it sounds like you might help me with thoughts. It's happening. It's happening. You, you, you did this. Thank you. Well, thank VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia, and Virginia Free. We're nonpartisan, nonprofit, pro-business organizations since 1988, trying to make the Commonwealth a better place for everyone through the free enterprise system and pro-business responsible governance. I want to thank you both for coming in today. It's thank a real you. pleasure. It was. It's been a lot of fun thank today. You. I hope you'll have a great session and come on again. Thank you. Thanks Absolutely. for joining us. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share the VIP podcast and our two brand new VIPs, Delegate Mike Mullen and Delegate Ann Farrell-Tapin. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah.